This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest Short Shots. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me are Richard Hawes. Hello, everyone. And Stephen Lockridge. Hello. There he is. Um, just to remind you that the Short Shots looks exclusively at short films. And in this particular episode, we're looking at fan-made films. We'll be kicking off with uh, Silent Hill's Restless Dreams. Then we have Forsaken Mandalorian and the Drunken Jedi Master. Uh, followed by Immortal 65, that's to do with Iron Fist. Uh, Here Comes the Night, parts one and two which is a Friday the 13th film. And we're going to round off with 1986, which is an interesting mashup between the DC and Marvel universes. So without further ado, let's crack on. Our first film then is Silent Hill, Restless Dreams. Still struggling to come to terms with his wife's death, James finds himself drawn back to Silent Hill, a town they had fond memories of, only to find the place deserted, except for some grotesque creatures and a whole lot of weirdness. Um, have either of you two played any of the Silent Hill games or seen the film? Yes. Um, basically, the first one was the reason why I bought a PlayStation 1 ah, uh, right. back in the day. Yeah. I, I, never, I never did get around to playing Silent Hill. Um, I, did, I did play Resident Evil. Um, mm. And I think there's enough sort of similarity in the gameplay uh, to understand the pastiche that this short is going for. Um, because it, it is very much the video game come to life, isn't it? Um, so the way it's yeah. all set up, even the way the people talk and, and their, their lines are scripted, it's very much like the cutscenes from from these sort of types of games. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's very similar. I mean, you know, as you're watching it, there's a couple of times where, you know, it just kind of screen goes black and he wakes up somewhere else, you know, yeah. doesn't remember getting there. And that was the kind of thing that felt very similar to, towards the games. Um, yeah, and, yeah, and I believe, yeah, it, I believe it's I believe it's adapted or based on specifically the second game. Uh, the PlayStation 2 game Silent Hill 2. Which is actually mm. called Restless Dreams, I believe. Yeah. 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 Um, Rich, what do you make of this one? Yeah, I haven't played the games. The only familiarity I have with Silent Hill is the first film adaptation, which I think had Sean Bean in it. Mm. Uh, I, I haven't seen the mm. I haven't seen the second one yet. The I think it was only two, wasn't there? The um the second one was so, by yeah. uh, MJ, yeah. MJ Bassett. The so yeah, I, it's definitely. I see exactly what you're saying with the sort of feel of the cutscenes and stuff. It's kind of got that. In terms of, not so much thinking about it in terms of cutscenes, but just the, it's got kind of a stilted acting exactly. to it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I think that's intentional. It's yeah, it's on purpose. Yeah. And it kind of evokes a sort of uh, the the unreality and the fan to see of, of you know the of what's happening the, the sort of unsettlingness of it rather than it being mm. let us rather than it being bad acting it's it's sort of intentionally 
stilted i believe to get get to create a kind of atmosphere and the whole thing has got like this david lynch sort of uh thing going on which i think is say rooted in the game it, it seems mm. if looking at a sort of a cursory glance of the synopsis of what the game was that it, it it's it seems to have translated that very you know pretty well if, if these are the things that i'm picking up on from the fan film mm. so uh yeah it's a 30 33 minute film it's quite it's uh it's got quite a scale to it you know there's lots of different locations it's it's going hither and thither and stuff the again this might be a a, a production thing but the quality of the cinematography and the visuals and that seemed to shift from scene to scene hmm. some some of it was quite grainy uh, but other scenes were like really really polished they look really good and some of the you know like the big uh, yeah. we get like the scene where the sort of triangular headed guy mm. cut carrying yeah. the weapon the big weapon or whatever when he was up here that was really quite uh, impressively done i thought you know nothing hugely ep uh, dramatic or you know horrific happens it's kind of more uh, unsettling you know things you encounter and then you sort of wake up and or the character wakes up or or, mm. or the character suddenly finds himself somewhere else it's all disorientating and i think that all really works really well yeah i agree with that um from what i remember of, of people playing the games and sort of talking about them i mean you know there is this sort of um you know sort of bending of reality um, angle to it so more so than say Resident Evil, which is a bit more sort of straightforward. Um, mm. You know, you, you could find yourself going back to locations and that everything's changed. You know, that sort of thing. Um, so, so it's, it is it is very enjoyable for what it is. My only issue, really, is is this actually a film? Because it is so slavishly sort of copying the quality of the game, uh, you know, the elements of the game, it doesn't really sort of feel that cinematic to me. It's it's I an interesting my, experiment. Yeah. Well, my only my only problem with it was personally, I was kind of, I was I was having trouble staying fully engaged, hmm. and I was I've watched it twice now, and I, as as much as there are aspects of it that I admire and I, and I do think of it as a film I mean if, mm. if, if it's an adaptation or whatever it does it has a beginning middle and end you know there's revelations and twists and mm. the, it's it's more of a film than some of the That's some of the true. short films I watched yeah. definitely yeah. and yeah. um uh so I just think f f I was I, maybe the maybe there was a bit too much going on a bit too a bit uh digressing at too many junctures you know bro, you know feeling a bit like here's a, a bit like what you're saying like cutscene here's a cutscene added to another cutscene added to it rather than it sort of coalescing and feeling like a a, a coherent narrative that you can mm -hmm. sort of follow through with i i do think it does yeah. that but I, I was having trouble on that journey mm -hmm. uh, it, it was it was i was disengaging uh, too often i felt okay well, i think again like i say that was i think that was the the point mm. of it really because it is trying to be like the game yeah um you know it's kind of like using different elements because that's i think i think i think it's the second one like you say it basically does go looking for his dead wife basically gets a message from his dead wife and goes looking for her in silent hill if i remember correctly which is what you know is happening here 
And I, honestly, I think that's what they were going for. I don't think it's, like you say, it's like cutscenes, but I think that that's the aesthetic they were, they're actually hoping, yeah. hoping to pull Yeah, I saw off, they, they, they also know. incorporated a POV sequence, didn't they? Yeah, that's where, right, where they're yeah. sort of walking yeah. through and yeah. seeing... Finding uh, objects, that sort of people, thing. People in like masks, mm. you know, or, or, you know, creatures or whatever. I thought that... That was again quite understated, but worked well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and they didn't dwell on it too yeah. much. You know, it was kind of that they did that bit, and then they kind of moved on to another style. They didn't, they didn't stay with it. For they didn't over egg the pudding sort of thing. They, you know, you got yeah, yeah, yeah. you got a little bit of a taster for it, and it, it it sort of freaks you out a little bit, and then you kind of move on to the next part of the story. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But at least they got the pyramid head guy in there, so you know that works. <laughs> Yeah, I think, I thought, I think I people would have been up in arms. People would have been up in arms if they'd missed yeah. him out, I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we don't score the um, the shorts, uh, but we do recommend you check them out. And you'll find the links to this and all the other shorts we're discussing tonight in the footnotes below. Our next film is Forsaken Mandalorian and the Drunken Jedi Master. That's the longest title of any film we're looking at this evening. And unfortunately, it's not the film I was hoping for. <laughs> I was I was hoping for a bit of martial arts in this one with a title like that. I was, I was oh, expecting yeah. a bit of Jackie Chan action. Um, but no, what we do get is something that is very well polished, very well produced, and could easily be the prologue to you know, a big budget um, production, uh, you know, le- leading into another adventure. Uh, Steve, over to you. Yeah, I agree. That's what it, it seemed like to me, you know, to start off rather than the actual adventure itself. But it's beautifully shot, really well done. I thought the effects were fantastic. And it just... It, it it was like the beginning of something. Mm. You know, that's what kind of disappointed me, really. But, I mean, I, I'm presuming they may be doing more. I don't know. Um, but it might be just, like, say, a proof of concept or something. But, yeah, it is actually quite a, quite a good fan film, this one. From what, what, I, what I watched, I enjoyed it. Mm. Yeah, I, I thought I thought the special effects and everything all worked really well, and and were you know film mm. quality just about. Uh, you know, he's he's got his speeder bike and all the rest of it in his ship. I, I thought it all worked really well. Um, you didn't have to have seen. Um, oh, what was the other Star Wars one? Uh, what um, Rogue One? Rogue, Rogue One. one. Yeah. So you don't you didn't have to have yep. seen Rogue One to understand that you know the, the crystal the the holding up um is what powers the lightsaber, you know, that sort of all sort of fit oh, quite nicely. Crystal. That's it, yeah. Um but yeah, no, yeah. I thought I thought this worked really well. Um Rich. Yeah, I think um it's I've not seen the Mandalorian, so I don't know if how this fits into a bit, it was a bit like the, we talked about that other Mandalorian. I don't, think, I don't think it's meant to be the same character, mm. just about, well, that's but, what I was wondering because yeah. I, I was thinking, is it a, are no. there lots of Mandalorians? Basically, yes, there's a, there's a sort of, tribe, right. yeah, kind of, yeah, the, yeah, 
they're, they're kind okay. of like yeah. a, like a transient tribe, aren't they? So, sort of, um, you know, homeless sort of wanderers kind of thing. But, um, Are they like Ronin? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, sort of yeah. like disenfranchised, um, sort of, um, you know. Or gun for hire, sort of. That um, sort of thing, yeah. Yeah, the old, old Western characters. Mm -hmm. sort of thing. Um, yeah, so, I mean, spot on with the costume. I mean, it's like really, I mean, looks looks fantastic. Uh, mm. As you say, the the way it's shot and the setting, the desert setting and the and the visual effects look really good. So we've got, we've got a small cast shot in the desert. Uh, the... Forsaken Mandalorian and the uh, the the drunken Jedi Master is the guy who's the writer director of the film, I believe. Yeah, uh, he, he playing that character. But mm -hmm. and we've also got uh, it's a two. It's one. Sometimes you get these short films that are two scene movies rather than mm. you know you get the one scene or two scene and then you get like the full proper film kind of thing. This one ha has like an introductory scene with one ca character with the big sort of uh, tentacly things on his head. Uh, and he gives him the clue or the the direction of where to go to meet the the Jedi Master, and they have the conversation. And to be honest, I was a bit lost in terms of the stuff they were talking about, um, uh, and the, all the crystal and, and everything. So I again, I was I was not entirely engaged with it, with with it plot wise and story wise, although it it was you know I was it was more about the the aesthetics of of it that mm. kind of attracted me and sort of kept me engaged the um mm. yeah the visual effect the the way you know they've got the it's set in the desert but they've they've used visual effects to sort of put stuff mm. in the background and whatever quite subtle yeah, that, that, that crash tie fighter was really cool actually i really like that and even the the jedi master's uh hut or whatever behind him i would be very surprised if that wasn't a visual effect that they'd mm. added in yeah. rather than construct something i mean the Mandalorian, it's all CGI sets and stuff anyway, isn't it? So that yeah, kind of be kind so it's all filmed in yeah. yeah, in keeping with that. Uh, the way they incorporated the wipes and, mm -hmm. you know, the credit style and, you know, the opening sort of, uh, not the crawl, but, you know, the, the, the way the title comes up and the, the credits at yep. the end, you know, all those little touches I appreciate. Uh, yeah, so uh, I thought, I think if you're a fan, you're probably going to get a lot more, you know, proper, I mean, I, I like Star Wars and that, but I'm not, a, you know, a hardcore fan or anything. So it, it's a bit harder for me to sort of engage with this, but I did think it was a very solid production. Yeah, totally. totally and it's about it. 10 minutes long, isn't it? So it's um, yeah. it's quite brisk. Yeah. But I mean, at the end of it, you, you could almost imagine, you know, if, if this was a TV show, that would mm. be where the credits come up. You know, and then lead into the adventure of the week, sort of thing. Yeah, uh, this is this is the sort of setting the scene. But but for all that, it is very well produced, and, and you know, it's not a million miles away from what Disney are actually sort of producing at the moment. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the um, you know, credit a credit where credits do. I mean, they they seem to, you know, they they they've got a limited budget, but they've they've worked it well, and they've yeah. they, they've said we're going to invest in. You know, filming in this particular location, we're going to use these these few visual effects. Get the you know get the really good costumes and, and makeup and stuff, and uh, you know keep it short. You know, don't don't overstretch it. That's the best way to go, I think. Absolutely. So that's Forsaken Mandalorian and the Drunken Jedi Master. No kung fu, unfortunately, but there you go. Um, check it out in the footnotes below.
our next review is Immortal 65. Before there was Danny Rand, another immortal took on the mantle of Iron Fist and pursues an ancient book containing the secrets of his powers, but others are searching also and are not far behind. Um, the one thing about the TV series Iron Fist that everyone's aware of is the fact that the actor playing Danny Rand didn't bother to do any of the martial arts training, learning any of the choreography or, or even sort of working out. So, you know, for nearly every scene, there's a fight. He, he you know, he might throw like one or two punches and then it's stunt, double, stunt, double, stunt, double for the rest of it. So this was a pretty good um, replacement for that, you know, as, as, um, it, it's a long fight scene, basically, with with um, you know a bit, bit of a lead in, but uh, I, I really enjoyed this. I thought it worked really well. Steve, uh, yeah, um, forty set, if I remember correctly. Sorry, it's set a while ago. Yeah, oh, sorry, yeah, set, it's set in the it? in the forties. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah so not that, not that you'd really know, <laughs> apart from one little bit. Well, yeah, yeah. It, it, did seem a little bit like the signs were like from nowadays and stuff like that. But mm. um, it was interesting that it was not a rip off of the Iron Fist series. You know, it, it mm. tried to do something a bit different with it, which which I enjoyed. And the fault the character was good, and yeah, I, I enjoyed this one. Actually, really enjoyed this one. Cool, uh, Rich. Have you are you familiar with the the guys who produced this Rogue uh, Rogue Origins? I don't think so. No, because they, they, they basically this is the latest. They, the, what they do is they they adapt IPs like comic mm -hmm. books and uh, and animes and and mm -hmm. that into various short films. And they've only been going for about a year. And this is I I, I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's like like they're let's say fifth or sixth or something that they've released mm, yeah and uh, i think they're very very solid production you know really well done i mean the emphasis is on the action uh, in, mm -hmm. in in this and in you know some of their other stuff or well all of their other stuff but um i did like the you know the opening titles sort of um the, the sort of scene setting uh, prologue was all really really nicely done mm. the uh yeah again a bit like Forsaken Mandalorian, it's kind of a, a bit of, it's like two things. It's like your lead in and then your main location action, which is actually, which like you say, is one long fight scene, but it's got, got multiple facets to it. But you've started, funnily enough, I was thinking in terms of the, the structure, in terms of that structure and the way it plays out, it's a lot like Welcome to the Sting, which, which also mm. came out recently, yes. you know, we so the guy that. he's yeah. he's going to the place and he, he he fights that girl before he goes in, hmm. and then he has to fight the various combinations, uh, and the, the, essentially the same thing's happening here. This is uh, so the guy who's made it is uh, Josh Maybe, hmm. and uh, he 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 directs all all the films. But um, the guy playing uh, is it Orson Randall? Is it Orson Randall? Yeah, this? yeah, that's. Uh, a British uh, actor and martial artist called uh, Christian Howard. Uh, and he's done a couple of, he did one called, um, I don't know if you heard of video, well, you might have remembered, I don't know, but uh, Fatal Fury video game. Yeah. 
game. All right. They did a they did mm. a they did a short based on that. Uh, they also did a an, uh, a James Bond one, so where Chris where Kristen Howard played James Bond. Although the flip side of that short is that it uh, it turns out that the emphasis is on odd job, uh, which was based on a, a a comic book which came out in uh, twenty nineteen. I think they were. Uh, where odd job became like this reinvented character with a whole backstory and, and whatnot but in that film that which i think you'd like mike because it's a there's there, it's an elevator fight scene ah. between uh, <laughs> james bond and odd job so that that's that's pretty cool it's only like three minutes long and that mm. they they all they're all like un, generally sort of under 10 minutes they've done street fighter and uh, naruto yep. uh, and a few other things but yeah i like this quite a lot i thought it was shot really well the the choreography is excellent the a nice incorporation of the visual effects at certain mm -hmm. moments uh, i watched some of the making of stuff which they've done in, and uh, you know a bit like when the gun gets sliced yeah that was done kind of practically yeah with, uh, you know sort of maybe sort of uh uh added to with some visual effects perhaps mm. uh, it, which it appears to me but that they they in tech they tried to go as practical as they could they actually were <laughs> they didn't do it in the end but they were actually setting him on fire. You know, they, they covered his hands. Yeah. They, they did like covered his hands yeah. with stuff and, and they actually set him on fire and they shot some stuff and they realized it actually wasn't going to work as well as they hoped. But that was yeah. what they, that was how they were kind of originally envisaged. I think the visual effects work really well on that. Hmm. Um, choreography, nice yeah. mix, you know, really uh, good, good styles and stuff. The, uh, the plot itself, you know it, it, it it's they're after this book and i think they've taken i think they've taken it from him and he's trying to get mm. it back um i felt a bit i wasn't sure what was happening at the end it was kind of like i, I didn't yeah. i didn't kind of catch what what happened with the book and did he it kind of just seemed like he just went oh i'm off yeah <laughs> and just left yeah. at the end but uh well, because there's, there's the there's the um, Sonia Crane, I think the character's called, um, and she just disappears because because the other two get sort of get killed in in the sort of melee, but but she mm -hmm. just sort of disappears from the action, and I think she ends up with a book. I, I, I imagine. I think I think she nicked it early on. But yeah. Okay. That's, that's all yeah. So. It, yeah. So Although, you know, they do this thing about set, setting up the book and everything at the start mm. and, you know, that's sort of the impetus mm. for the action. But then I felt that that aspect kind of got a bit lost in terms of me, you know, yeah. I'm watching it. I'm, it's only an eight minute short and I'm quite engaged with the fighting and everything. But then I've, I sort of the thread was lost. Mm. Do you see what I'm saying? You know, the, like the story, yeah. I, I kind of lost that. And yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah I just so feel like Randall it, just thought. Oh, I'm 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 not winning here. I'm just going to leave. <laughs> yeah. But he does fight a lot of people. I mean, they he come does, out and so yeah. there's a whole yeah. bunch of ninjas yeah. and everything. It's all really good. Yeah, the other, I mean, you know, mm. for a fight scene as well, I I did like the fact that it mixed in the gunplay as well, you know, mm. um, and didn't forget that he's got two guns. Um, in, in the middle yeah, of yeah, he's, he's fighting yeah. around. It's got that sort of yeah, John Wick influence stuff. Yeah, going pretty, as well. it is very good. Yeah, very enjoyable. And he's got this. Um, the Iron Fist, he's he's got this sort of tie-on mask. Mm. It's, it's like, like cloth wrapped around and tied to it, tied to his head with with that uh, sort of design, that sort of curly curling up design kind of thing, which mm. I think is like the echo of the of the symbol that he has on his. 
But yeah, yeah and it is, I thought that all looked really good. Yeah, I mean that that is the you know his sort of traditional uniform for Iron Fist, and it yeah. was as I said, you know, as I mentioned earlier, cause the guy playing Danny around in the series, you know, he really just wasn't engaged in doing any of the fighting. So, so you know, wearing that costume was a godsend for the stunt team, basically, because it meant mm. it was easier for them to sort of double him, um, sort of dur- during the fight scenes. But uh, I see. Yeah. I see. But yeah, this this was uh, definitely enjoyable stuff. So check it out in the footnotes below. Our next review is Here Comes the Night. This is a Friday the 13th fan film. Um, ostensibly, we're looking at part two. But... Um, we do recommend that you do check out part one and you will find both links uh, in the footnotes. So um, a group of friends are planning to meet up for a night of camping in hijinks at the infamous Crystal Lake. However, unbeknownst to some, others have sinister plans, but even they haven't banked on Jason joining the party. Um, This is quite enjoyable, uh, but it is overly enigmatic at the same time i'm wondering guys if there's meant to be a part three on the horizon which might sort of circle back round and fill in some of the gaps i would be surprised yeah. if they weren't I... intending to do a third one i mean i don't, I don't necessarily there isn't a huge amount of resolution by the time you get to the end of part mm. two there is plenty of room i would say but mm. i didn't have an issue with with you know what happened with you know, any plot holes or anything. Nothing was uh, concerning really? me too much. Uh, concerns me. But anyway, um, I'll, I'll come back to that. Steve, yeah. uh, what do you make of these? Yeah, um, I, I agree with you really, Mike. Um, there's got to be a, a third one because there's so, so many things left angling and unexplained. Um, I expect that to come, hopefully. Mm. Um, yeah, it's shot well. I like the much in part two but part one was very you know you've got that grainy effects on mm. on the filming uh, especially at, at the beginning I, I didn't really get that in part two as much um, but it yeah it, it does what it says it's, it's a Friday the 13th fan film you know let's get Jason in there and just get people hacked to death and stuff <laughs> but I do like you say it's the idea of where they're going with hmm. you know people dressing up as Jason and I don't know but that's what that's the annoying thing because you don't know yet you still don't yeah. know what the gist is behind it and it, it needs resolution basically it really hmm. does because there seem to be twists just for the idea of what yes. they're going for yeah yeah yeah, uh, I think I think also um, an issue I have is you know because because of the running time as well. I I think uh, it's, it's the amount of people they end up killing. So so it establishes a group of characters. They all get killed mm. off within the first five minutes, and then it has to go and establish another group of characters. You know. Um, yeah. So, so, so that was kind of annoying, and, and you know, it, it just seems to sort of go round in circles. I do like the concept of what they're going for, 
Um, but because of this sort of ep episodic nature of it, um, and, you know, part two does give us a bit more of a clue as to what's going on, but not the whole picture. Uh, you know, that's mm. still to come. I think the way it ends, definitely, you know, there, there's definitely, it, 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 all it needs is the words to be continued to appear on the screen. You know, that's, that's the only thing that's missing. Yeah. But, but it, it's yeah. definitely heading towards something. And I just hope that when they do, it does sort of circle back round and go, this is what we were sort of trying to set up. Yeah, but Rich, um, I mean, you're you're a big fan of uh, the you know Friday the Thirteenth, and we've seen a lot of um, you know fan films. There there are many more out there that we haven't seen. I keep um, finding more. You keep finding more. <laughs> so you know, how, how how do you feel this one stands up to some of the others we've seen so far? Yeah, very good. The um, let's say the production values are are right there. I mean, the first uh, the the first film was made in or released at least in uh, in 2019 that was 19 minutes and this one's which has just recently come out is 26 so they're not they're not you know they're not, not too long um there but that said we you know there are some friday the 13th fan films who've, who've stuck the landing on on a, on a on a feature kind of thing but mm. what was interesting with these were i mean i i'm i'm in, i'm interested that steve picked up on the the sort of the retro aesthetics of you know the sort of graininess and stuff that isn't yeah. so much and, isn't and in the, the second one as well it's, you know yeah. does, the, the first one especially with the jeep and the guy and the sort of tight-fitting mm. t-shirt and stuff you know it does have that yeah. sort of 80s aesthetic to it yes it does and the yeah. um now i thought it didn't have any grains on it at all when i was thinking but by, when i rewatched it i did notice there were a they did have some instances, but they just didn't go to town on it like they did in the first one. Mm. I thought that actually worked really well. I loved, I think, as with a lot of these things, sometimes it's it's all about the characters and whether you engage with the characters and the development of those characters. Yeah. Because, you know, it's not all about Jason, unless you watch like mm. um, a, a film like uh, the Jason versus Michael Myers one, which uh, Evil Emerges. I think there's supposed to be a second one coming. Which is quite an interesting film because it's it's more a fight it's more a, like a fight film than a than a mm. horror film because it's just about these mm. two guys going at it, um, but that is that is focused on those characters. Whereas this is you know he's only going to come in at certain points, and I thought the actors and the and their characters were really good. I really liked the, <laughs> the banter between mm. the, the the characters in the first one and also uh, pro probably not to the same extent, but in in the second one as well. Uh, there is, you know, yes, I, I understand where you're coming from with the, there is a, there's stuff going on in the story, which isn't contextualized, it isn't explained what's actually happening, but mm. I wasn't so much worried about, um, I, I knew what they were up to, but, I, uh, but as to, you know what why you know what the motivation is towards that i wasn't hugely concerned but it would be an interesting thing to explore if they did kind of circle back around and you know mm. explain that explain that a bit more but i didn't feel like i needed it uh, so much i think i'm there with the you know setting up the characters uh, getting the atmosphere checking you know what are the kills like you know the you know it's, uh, there's a lot of night i'm not so much in the first one I don't know if there's any nighttime stuff in the first one, but in the second one, there's a lot of dark atmospheric 
mm-hmm. uh, scenes. Uh, great, the, great the dry spray. ice. Yeah, I was going to say a great smoke machine they've got there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, smoke machine or dry ice, whatever they're using. Yeah. That that all looks really good. Um, Jason looks great, uh, and the kills worked. I thought really well as well. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Especially the guy I guess his arm chopped off. I thought it was. Uh... <laughs> especially the reaction as well because you know one of those is going this can't be happening you know this which which kind of sort of you know empathize with you know it must be, be such a sort of surreal sort of nightmarish situation I thought um, it was a great reaction to it in terms of actually getting that third part i think if they do manage to you know to mm. you know because these are like crowdfunded and whatever i think if they do sort of Get try and get a third one off the ground. You are looking at a good couple of years before we Probably, get that, yeah. uh, which is the unfortunate thing with some yeah. of these. So yeah. that was quite a nice thing to to discover the the second one and realise that there was this first mm. one that I hadn't seen. We didn't have that weight. We could just watch it all in one go, which was really nice. Yeah, yeah, we can wait. Yeah. Though. We de- we'll definitely want to see part three. You've left us hanging. You know, <laughs> we want to understand what the hell's going on, especially since certain characters seem to be double crossing. Other characters on top of what what they're planning, um, which is which is all very interesting. Um, mm. Again, yeah, we don't um, we don't score these, but we do recommend them, and you'll find links to both parts in the footnotes below. Go check them out. Our next review is 1986. Somewhere in Gotham, the Joker gate crashes a drug deal run by the Penguin, and it's not long before the Cape Crusader and the Punisher drop by too. Um, okay, so it's always good to see a Batman um, short. You know, uh, these tend to be pretty good. And for the most part, this is very good, but I do have two issues with this, guys. Uh, one is the Batsuit. And two mm-hmm. is the Joker. Yeah. Um, I thought the guy playing the Penguin, I thought he nailed it. I thought he was great. I, I love that take on it. You know, this sort of white yeah. boy, sort of um, Cockney gangster. It's, kind, Bo- kind it's of Bob, thing. Bob Hoskins, isn't it, basically? It is. he's, he's, it's he's, like, what if Bob yeah. Hoskins was the Penguin? Yeah. I think it works really well. <laughs> he works really well. well. Have, you played, have you played like Arkham Asylum and stuff like that? Mm. It's basically based on that. Oh, fair enough. He, he's, he's like a Cockney. Been a while since that, played, but... yeah. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah. But it's it's the guy out of thing in it. Um, him sent feed two. Oh, uh, okay. Right. Yeah, his name's uh, Lawrence Lawrence Harvey. Yeah, That's I met it, yeah. I met him actually. Donkeys ago <laughs> when I, when I was interviewing the Soska twins. But um, there you go. Weird. Um, but the guy playing the Joker, I. I <laughs> The thing is, his dialogue is superb. His his dialogue, you, you mm. could hear you could hear Mark Hamill saying his dialogue on the um, the animated series, you know, and and I think the but the voice and the dialogue don't match up with the actual appearance. It doesn't quite get the yeah. You know, I, it just doesn't. I get where you're coming from. It's like if you're crossing Jack Nicholson's Joker with. Marcel, Joker for some reason. He's, he's like Marcel Marceau, you know. Yeah. He's like Kenny Everett yeah. playing Marcel Marceau. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, but, yeah. But the voice. Yeah, it's not bad. I
Yeah, and his dialogue is superb. You know, the, the guy the guy who wrote the dialogue for that, mm. or you know, the sorry, the person who wrote the dialogue for that did a bang up job for sure. Well, it's written by the director James Campbell. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the you know he, he's the writer director, sort of the mm-hmm. the creative force behind the the whole project. Eighties Doubt Productions. Uh, yes. They did uh, Tiger Man that we talked about. Uh, oh a while yeah, back. that was really cool as well. Yeah, the the uh, Elvis Presley one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But prior so, to this, back in 2016, just mm-hmm. as a side note, um, he did another Batman-related short called Ripper, which was based on the Gotham ah, by Gaslight kind a good of thing. One. Of, of... Yes, that is good. Mm-hmm. That's, um, that's set in um, Austin, I believe. Uh, and Bruce Wayne's, like, he, he's, um, he's, he's on, like, a clipper ship. Uh, uh, well, in, the, in, this, in the short film, it's yeah. Whitechapel. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay, I thought it was set in Boston. Anyway, never mind. But there you go. Um, anyway, back to this one. So, mm. Batman, you know, I, I don't mind the idea of an older, sort of chunkier Batman. I thought he, he, he was actually really good. But his suit was just so ill-fitting and just seemed to be mm. made of I don't know, paper mache? It's not paper mache, crepe paper? Because it just tears. You know, but by the end of the fight, there's like huge yeah. holes in it. <laughs> well, I, know, I didn't have didn't it have like the rips and that on it at, at the start. I thought that was the point that it was really? you know he he's this weathered, beaten <laughs> you know kind of Batman that he's got marks and scars and stuff on him. Yeah. So I thought that was part of the look that they were going for, and I thought oh. that worked well. But but I don't know. It, it, it looked like some deadbeat dad who's sort of turn, you know try, trying to earn a bit of money in Times Square. Kind of feel to it. It, like, yeah. it, it seems to me like a Fathers for Justice protest. To be exactly. Fair. Yeah. You know. It, I'm, yeah. I mean, the there, suit, there the were elements didn't... of the suit which look good, like the utility belt. You know, which was sort of made of sort of toughened leather. Mm. That that looked really good. But but the rest of it, you know, it did look like a, like a shiny leotard, which was getting ripped. <laughs> Just you yeah, know, didn't really do it for me. But um, I, I didn't mind it. So, I mean, it, it did have that kind of. It was kind of the. It was a bit like the Michael Keaton Batman suit, sort of with a little bit of the uh, Adam West sort of suit. It was. It was. It was ninety percent. It's ninety percent Adam West, ten percent Michael Keaton. Adam West, yeah, yeah. But cross with in and in, ter- in terms of his sort of aggressive sort. You know, uh, Lee Charles is playing mm-hmm. uh, Batman in this, uh, and. I felt that was very much a sort of Zack Snyder's Batman, you know, Ben Aff- hmm. Batfleck kind of uh, yeah, version, you know, b- b- yeah. brutal bruiser, sort of b- quite bulky. I mean, I, I know um, Ben Affleck's not that bulky, but in that su- in the suit, in the suit he was, he's yeah. he's quite junky, isn't he? Yeah. 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 Um. Yes. Yeah, so, so Rich, what did you make of this one? I liked it. I was. It, it's about twelve minutes. It is kind of just. Uh, Quite similar to um, what we've uh, said on the uh, Immortal sixty five one. It's essentially a fight scene, short. Mm. Uh, except in this case, it, instead of there being sort of a lead in fight and then the main fight, this one is sort of about five minutes of setup, mm. uh, introducing you know spending time introducing the characters and and, and then other characters sort of stepping in so batman steps in uh punisher steps in uh, it's big big action set piece basically which james campbell hasn't done before because ripper was very much a character but not yes, dissimilar was, um, to yeah. the 
the Steve Lawson film that we watched not that yeah. long ago. Yeah, the, I, th- I thought it shared. A, yeah. yeah, I thought it shared a lot of qualities with that, and it was that was that was a yeah. film that had quite a lot of different locations, and mm. uh, it was shot on this sort of like um, museum. So it's got like a lot of production value from this uh, this maritime museum that they were setting at. This one is uh, it's just in a sort of a warehouse room kind of thing. It's 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 very. Uh, limited space limited as you know production design and stuff but they've got the they've got some nice cinematography uh you know uh, and color you know use of lighting and and, mm. and so you got it's it's quite interesting to look at i love the credits at the start and the mm. music which actually it turns out is like they yeah. use like source music oh. from like john carpenter so 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 let's talk about the credits as well because mm. so the, the opening bit those mm. credits were you know of all the films we've seen tonight which are you know they're all being really good very sort of, but um you know some are obviously a bit more polished than others the opening credit sequence was pretty amazing you know whoever filmed that mm. that, that montage sort of building up to the you know the scene in the warehouse that it's great was, isn't it? yeah that, it that just really feels like it's great scene setting the music works yeah. really well mm. and you know the, the font and stuff it's fantastic it's just it's it, it kind of builds to a it, it's kind of building up a bigger film than what this actually is exactly but that, that, i think that was what which, kind of let it, let it down a little bit for me was you know we got this credit sequence with the music and then as soon as we get the first scene the music just cuts out it's really and awkward isn't it, it unfortunately it's, it's that real, it doesn't fade yeah. out yeah it, it, it's a real sort of hard juxtaposition between the it's, two it's a jarring sort of oh right we're in the yeah, scene and, and that that is that's one of the sort of minor little gripes that mm. I do have with it. Um, the other gripe is action scenes really good. You know the, the mm. <clears throat> you know the choreography and the, the gunplay and everything. I think that all works really well. But this is one of those films where it's like right, it's just about to kick off. Oh, <laughs> the credits, mm, yeah. the credits kick in, and that happened with um, the Jumanji film we watched. Do you remember? Oh, it was yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. The, the, they're about to open the board, and it's all going to go off, kick off, and it's mm. like, oh, and then it becomes a montage over the end credits of, yeah. of you know. So we don't get where you know it comes to a climax, mm. and then we don't get the climax, unfortunately. But that is kind of almost the intention, I think, of of the film is you know to whet the appetite and then right you want this next bit right you know um yeah you know uh, come over <laughs> yeah. and sort of support us on you know whatever crowdfunding platform we're using and yeah. we'll give you that story this is all about the setup mm. uh and because unfortunately you know they do a lot of stuff with the penguin i mean uh, the thing we haven't really mentioned uh is that <laughs> he, this is not for kids and when it's no. out mm. and the, and the yeah. penguins like Fs C and words, C's uh, and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, whoa, okay. Yeah. Yeah. As I said, he's, um, he's Bob Hoskins in the Long Good Friday, isn't he? Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's a it's a proper great. The nine. It's called 1986, which is quite interesting. They've not they've not tried to say Batman versus Punisher or anything like that. They've just although that that is in the description. Yeah. But the film but itself, even is then, called it doesn't really establish. Just itself, you know, I mean, if that's where when it's set, there's not much to establish mm. the time period or anything like that really not really other, i mean there's the a costume no. the costumes and the music uh, and a couple of things but the the yeah it's it's a a bit like well, as we were saying with immortal uh 65 
in that film, yeah, I mean, I I didn't mention it at the time, but yeah, Steve picked up on the sign and stuff, and I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure they didn't have those signs <laughs> in 1948 or whatever it was. But um, yeah, so I, but I think in terms of the the 80s kind of thing was in the it was in the synth music and the sort mm. of neo noirish sort of yeah, way yeah. it was shot. Uh, you know that that I think that's that's mm-hmm. the eight that's the eighties ness in it as well, apart from obviously Psycho Killer. And being oh yeah, that was a good, that was a good yeah. intro for the Joker as well. But I will sort of swivel back round to what you guys were talking about earlier and, and say, for me, the Joker didn't work in this. Uh, it wasn't a, it wasn't an interpretation that if, I could get is, behind. It, if, if the film stopped eyes, for me, you know, yeah. when he came in. If you closed your eyes and just listened to him, he mm. really works. You know, he, he, as I said, he, he could easily see Mark Hamill. Because uh, he, he did one of the definitive Batmans in the animated series, and you know he, he got a mixture of the anger and menace with the playful, you know, maliciousness. Um, but looking at him, unfortunately, yeah, you know, it, it just doesn't work. You know that the the design they they've come up with for for the Joker and this, unfortunately. You know, doesn't work. But hearing him and the dialogue that he's got, I think are absolutely superb. And what? Uh, let's go. They move to the Punisher, mm. and he, you know, the way he's presented and, and portrayed. What do you think about? Because um, he's played by yeah. uh, Mark Griffin, who I think was in mm. Iron Legend, mm. uh, Iron Vengeance Retaliation. Yeah. yeah. So, so he he looks great, uh, and you know that is his is the only real proper interpretation of you know the Punisher's costume because it's a costume you know I mean I think mm-hmm. the films and the TV series yeah. all portray it as being like a uniform kind of thing or you know something somebody's put together but but no it's an actual costume you know it's a superhero costume that he's wearing um and well, that, that, what, with those bulky white gloves thing. and stuff yeah yeah I, that's what I was surprised at because he actually went for the white gloves and the, like the white go-go boots basically you know, um, which is from '96, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I mean because it's not, you know, any other. Yeah, it's all grungy and grimy sort of thing, and you know, yeah. it... and they've kind of they kind of stuck to it, you know. Yeah. Which uh, I which I did like. Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. So so this is pretty impressive overall. Um, there are a couple of misfires within it, but. For the most part, they're quite minor, I think, apart from the Joker. But again, as yeah. I said, you know, I, I'm 50-50 with the Joker. There's, there's, you know, bits of it I, I like. I just don't like the, the character design. So where would you rank this in maybe compared to some of the other Batman-related mm. shorts that we've seen lately? So we've had Dying is Easy, we've had Other Worlds, which was kind of a sort of a part film, really, because that was mm. kind of a... A, a practical joke, sort of, essentially. But yeah, that was quite funny. There's, there's another one, isn't there, where, where it's like the the different. Is that is that other worlds? Uh, evolution. Oh, evolution. Mm. Yeah, because there's yeah. two. There's two which look at the different, um, the different genre, not genres, the different generations. Yeah, yeah. Of Batman, aren't there? There's the yeah, two. other worlds did it as well. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, but yeah, I liked the evolution one. But that, that worked really well for me. Um, but this is quite high. You know, I, I think this is um, 
yeah, pretty near the top end, I think, overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think in terms of, I think if you, if you watch it, if, if you watch this and enjoy it, I definitely say you must go and check out, out Ripper. Um, even if you don't mm. see this, you, you, you should see Ripper. It's a very different interpretation. Uh, the two make a really interesting double bill because they're yeah. such different versions of, of, of the Batman you know, kind of thing, because one is set in 1986, the other one's set in like 1896 or whatever, whenever the Whitechapel murders were. But mm. the, it's um, James Campbell's got uh, another film actually coming up soon, which is which is a western, I believe, called a uh, Bushwhacker, Bushwhacker Blues or or something. Uh, I, I think that's what it's called. Uh, so exciting things on you know more to come. I think that the the reason that these are both coming out fairly close to, or going to be coming out fairly close together is all to do with the delays with the pandemic i would presume yeah yeah this probably was probably a backlog of stuff supposed you know, to be editing probably a, little, stuff, a bit yeah. of a backlog yeah but uh yeah he's is i think he's a, definitely a director to to watch uh you know we're, we're seeing a lot of the i mean he's actually got a i think he's got a feature film on the cards um but uh he, you know he's, he's been making these for you know, we we come across quite a few of these fan filmmakers, and they they do a lot of them. Mm. You know, but they, they, over mm. quite a few quite a few years, and they sort of become these like specialists and stuff. And so, but they're also like to, like with what he did with Tiger Man. You know, a very different kind of project. Again, mm. sort of proof of concept that was, but it hasn't become a feature, unfortunately. But I think, no, he's got another film called The Moonshine Gang of Cheyenne, which I think he's trying to get off the ground as as a feature. Mm. Uh, and yeah. And a, pred- and, and a Predator fan film is also uh, mooted as well. So check out 1986. You'll find the link in the footnotes below. And that is the end of this week's show. So thank you to Steve and Rich for joining me this evening. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and no problem. And especially thanks to Rich for curating our shorts as he usually does. Um, check out the links below. Um, don't forget to check out our other show, the DTV Digest, where we look at the films which didn't make it to the cinema and instead went straight to DVD, Blu-ray and streaming media. Also check us out on Twitter and Facebook at the DTV Digest. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time. Thank you for listening to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.